I return to one of my favorite, yet contentious, topics for discussion, religious tolerance. I know full well that most of my friends do not take kindly to my views on the subject, and that is one reason I had recently gone silent on a group comprising of esteemed friends. My views are unfortunately, so well entrenched in my psyche that I have consistently refused to negotiate my position. After all, what is a guy worth if he is willing to sacrifice his hard thought opinions at the altar of friendship for the benefit of sustaining friendships? Luckily, I have not lost friends but I could feel the uneasiness when I meet or participate in a social discussion with select friends of the religious types. I give less weight to my own religion, and for that matter, to any religion, when I consider or evaluate matters in my own life. I cannot say that my religious opinion does not spill into family circles, it has, and the result has not been pleasant. However, I notice that friends of my age bracket tend to have a stronger religious orientation and religious focus than I do, and that colors their interactions with friends on secularism, religions in general, specific religious practices, direction of nations driven by a right-wing tilt towards one particular religion, et al. Why am I not like them? Why have I got to be different from them, or most of them? Why can't I have more faith in my own religion and the religious gurus who dominate my religion? What is wrong with my religion? Why am I a pseudo-religious practitioner, accompanying my family whenever they decide to go to a temple, and agreeing to perform certain rituals, but otherwise keeping to my own thoughts? Of course, there are contradictions in my behavior, and I am the first person to acknowledge the same. But I try to separate what I think from what I am asked to execute for the benefit of the family as such. It is not that my wife does not know my thoughts, she does, and fortunately she has not asked me to follow her lead in fully adopting the religious faith vigorously. And, I feel great to be left alone in my meandering thoughts on every topic under the sun, especially during weekends when I get a real good chance to pour out my thoughts and feelings via this powerful medium of communication. She is sitting next to me and doing something on her laptop, and knows that I am trying to waste time writing about some topic which is unlikely to attract many readers, but I also know that she will read my post soon. I cannot ignore the power and influence of the state towards religions. From time immemorial, countries have had a state religion, it is the officially sanctioned religion from which, in certain theologically driven countries, the kings derive their power. There have been both bad and good kings queens in history, but there have been more instances of benevolent rulers who, while being closely affiliated with their state religion, practiced religious tolerance. Such kings permitted their so-called subjects to adopt whatever religion they wished to practice in their lives. However, the majority of the subjects practiced the official state religion. The coexistence of religions was an accepted fact of life during many centuries of evolution, except when religious fanatics chose to fight against each other due to perceived slights or over places of worship, or due to warmongering kings on either side. Coming to modern times, there should be no reason or rationale for a state to support a specific religion, irrespective of the majority choice, as the state-sanctioned or official religion. Such endorsements are anachronous in today's world of acceptance, mutual tolerance, equity, compassion, and peaceful coexistence, especially in democratic nations around the world. Any affiliation or seeming endorsement of a particular religion is an indication that things would not go well for the minority religions, either today or later on. No major religion in the world is free of scandals, injustices, moral corruption, illegal and immoral practices, and a presumptive dominance over right-thinking individuals in society. Acceptance of contrarian views is a rarity amongst the world's big religions. Any new thoughts have to be banished for good. Blasphemous characters have to be punished. 
When you dispassionately review the state of affairs in the religious world, you would be surprised to see the similarities to the business world, and even to the mafia underground. Of course, there are many positives, and the faithful folks only look at the positives, for example, the power of meditation, the power of the faith, the ability of a faith to bring unity at least among believers, the approach towards peace, the need for charitable donations, the care for the needy, and so on and so forth. I'm not discounting any of these, because I believe in the positives of a religious existence. However, I have a question, suppose I am from a minority religion. Am I not supposed to possess a legal right to practice my faith without interference, or is my right dependent on the tolerance or pleasure of the majority? Should religious faith be designated as a global right granted by the Charter of the United Nations, generally a useless organization, across the world, irrespective of the form of government practiced in a country? Should religious tolerance be embedded in school curricula at the primary school level across the world, so that there is no special tag attached to the religious choice of the majority population in any country? Sounds like a myth, a total impossibility. It is, but that does not and should not prevent me or people like me from talking about the need for such major reforms. If I go against my own, majority, religion, will my thoughts and behavior qualify for a legal prosecution against me? If so, on what basis? Is it a seditious behavior, or even more serious when it comes to the religion of the majority? I dread to think of what will happen if I then belong to a minority religion. Each country makes its own choices, especially on sensitive matters like religion. However, a country is driven by its government, system of governance, politics and the people. These elements are sometimes inscrutable in making choices based on majority. If the system of government is democracy, then there is no recourse to a negative dominance of the chosen religion of the majority. Communism does not believe in any religion, so it is an easy choice. Dictators choose what they wish to do, damn the citizens. Recently, a close friend of mine told me about his experience visiting a very famous temple. For the fleeting time of less than a minute in front of the statue of the god, he said that it costs good money, poor people who do not have that kind of money cannot go in, or have to wait for a very long time in tedious queues before they can witness God's presence in the Sanctum Sanctorum. While I am not terming the fees to see God as a bribe, I cannot resist thinking about it in a negative way, we are ready to bribe so as to jump the long tedious queue, and get into a fast-moving shorter queue, and then we feel rather proud about it, about our ability to see God quicker than others, who are all less fortunate and poor, in the longer queue. You may wonder, what is the relationship of this episode to the larger point of view that I have espoused in this blog post? There is none. I'm thinking what is the point, when a true believer would not have taken the trouble of joining either the slower or the faster queue anyway. Well, that is my rumination for the weekend, folks. Have a good week ahead. Cheers. Vijay Srinivasan. 21st of February 2021